Hey friends, welcome back to Ordinary People and Extraordinary Lives. My name is Lance Bain. Good to have you with me again on this little podcast, this little episode, our little podcast designed to help us experience the grace of God while living, leading, and overcoming life's everyday challenges. This is episode 152, and I'm really glad you're with me again. It would be... It would mean so much to me if you would share this with your friends, those, uh, your colleagues that are also involved in leadership and leave a review wherever you may be listening, leave a comment. We would really appreciate it. Hey, if you want to know more about me, check out LanceBain.com, L-A-N-C-E-B-A-N-E, LanceBain.com, and you can learn more about me and you can also contact me through the website as well. It really is a privilege to know that you're listening. Got some great comments about our previous podcast on leadership in the humble heart. And today, I want to I kind of move in a similar direction. Today, I want to talk about the leader and the merciful heart. That's right, leader and the merciful heart. <laughs> this isn't, you know, mercy, I don't know if it's a topic that we talk about really in leadership. I'm sort of sitting at my desk and I'm recording this and I'm thinking, Man, when was the last time I, I heard or read something on the topic of leadership and mercy? But I think it's a really important topic because one of the challenges that we have as leaders is to not create a culture of perfectionism, but but create a culture of improved performance. So the kind of metrics and measurements and opportunities and skills and trainings, the heart work, the hand work, the head work of leadership that can help people be better. Otherwise, we're going to create a culture of perfectionism, and that kind of culture is going to be saturated with failure. So let's talk today about leadership and the merciful heart. So why leadership and a merciful heart? Well, uh, it's important because, as I just said, we don't want a culture of perfectionism. A culture of perfectionism or a work environment or a, a ministry or a, uh, the general atmosphere of wherever it is that you are giving leadership, if, if the highest value is perfectionism, what you're really going to get is a lot of failure, failure that is fatal because people— and your teammates and your associates and your members, etc., can't achieve the high bar of perfectionism. But you can have a culture of improved performance. That is necessary. That is important. And that is worth uh, working towards and achieving improved performance. But along the way of improved performance and in a culture of leadership, we're dealing with people. We're dealing with individuals who are going to get it wrong sometimes. We're dealing with individuals who sometimes are going to make mistakes. And a merciful leader is someone who recognizes that myself and those that I'm leading don't have it all together. <laughs> sometimes life is painful. Mistakes are happen. Mistakes are made in leadership. I have a couple of stories for you. When I was in my early 20s, I was uh, working part time at a at a uh, a not for profit organization, and I had taken some of the other associates, the others who were involved in the not for profit, to an event, and I was using a company vehicle, and 
I didn't have much money. I was young, newly married, really no money, certainly not enough money to put gas in this company vehicle, nor did I have any way to pay for this company uh, gas for the company vehicle. So I did something that I shouldn't have done, and it could have gotten me in a lot of trouble. And I, I remember not really thinking much about it until my, my boss called me in at the not-for-profit and said, hey, I've been notified about this, and um, we need to talk about that. And so we talked about it, and there was a lot of uh, mercy that was given to me <laughs> that particular time in my early 20s. And I've never forgotten that because that, that could have been a real a painful, painful, painful and destructive time in my life. But because I was serving a merciful leader, what it turned out to be for me was rather than something that was limiting and destructive, it became something that was learning and transformative. And that's the power of a merciful leader is that you're able to take painful moments and failure moments and difficult moments, and you're able to extend mercy to these individuals and and actually see what could be a destructive moment turn into a dynamic moment. A merciful leader recognizes that we don't have it all together, that, that we're fundamentally our ministry, our church, our small group, our, our leadership team, our sales team, our organization, whatever it may be, whatever you define as your leadership circle, if there are people in it, then there are flaws present. And a merciful leader is really needed in those times. You know, the second story, I was at lunch today, and I went to a local restaurant in my my town, and um, it was busy, and the waitresses are walking around, and I noticed one waitress called out to another waitress on the other side of this restaurant, and the waitress didn't hear her, so she called out again, and she she answered, but the waitress who originally called out didn't hear her answer, and this turned in to almost an argument for about 15 or 20 minutes that whenever they're walking around, they're just constantly talking about this. I called you and you didn't hear me. I heard you and I answered. And it was it was really uncomfortable as a, as a customer in this restaurant trying to have lunch. And I'm listening to these two co-working waitresses argue about something that felt rather insignificant. The one waitress who didn't respond began to apologize to the other one, and the other one wasn't having it. And she said to him, to her, you're just mean. And I thought about that. I thought, you're just mean. Those words are mean. To call another person mean. Where is mercy in this relationship? Where is understanding in this relationship? See, a merciful leader can extend mercy because they know they need mercy. A merciful leader is not a perfect leader. A merciful leader is someone who is in touch with their own flaws and their own weaknesses, their own frailties and their own shortcomings. And they often give the benefit of the doubt to other people. It doesn't mean that we don't have accountability. It doesn't mean that we don't have confrontational conversations, seeking out a win-win for everybody involved. But a merciful leader extends forgiveness, offers opportunities for growth, is willing to be benevolent and gracious because a merciful leader is in touch with their own need for mercy. How many of the people that we're leading are carrying regrets and hurts 
They're struggling in life's story, yet they show up to work day after day. They show up wanting and needing the influence of our leadership, and yet they are struggling. Friends, let's make a commitment to be a merciful leader. A merciful leader is so valuable and so important, and a merciful leader recognizes that from a biblical metaphor, our land is often ruled with giants, that it's a struggle. Inflation is a struggle. Gas prices are a struggle. Oil prices are a struggle. The cost of groceries are going up. It's a struggle. We don't know if people's wages are keeping up with the rate of inflation. We've got global powers poising on boundaries of nations for war. We've got COVID still moving around the country. We've got people that are dealing with the decline in mental health because of all kinds of issues that are going on. Anxiety is at an all-time high. Depression is at an all-time high. and People are simply struggling. Oftentimes in my world, I'm dealing with adult children who are having to care for aging parents. The stress of dementia, the stress of failing bodies, the stress of Alzheimer's, the stress of cognitive decline, the financial stress of needing to care for aging parents who may not have the financial means to put themselves in the kind of facility that could best care for them. We're looking at our children who have been wearing masks and dealing with COVID in their own environment. We're dealing with all kinds of issues. Friends, and I haven't even touched on maybe some of the more specific things of your life because I simply don't know them. Does that help you understand and maybe get in touch with why a leader and their merciful heart is such a needed asset in today's leadership environment? We're in a land that is ruled by giants and things that are out of our control. We are experiencing warfare medically, emotionally, scientifically, financially, and it feels like we can't win. People are dealing with failures and struggles, and they can't win. And when they come to our place of leadership, when they enter into the sphere of our leadership, when they find themselves in the shade of the umbrella of our leadership, are they experiencing mercy? Because mercy is greater than the fear. Mercy is a gift that we can give to those that we lead Because when people are carrying these stresses around in their life, it affects their productivity, it affects their focus, it affects their creativity. Several podcasts ago, I talked about the eight C's of leading from the true self, things like courage and compassion, connectedness and creativity, clarity, all these words. And when people are struggling, those eight ideas don't really emerge And I want to propose that what they need and what would be helpful for them in that environment is mercy, to be a merciful leader. Now, when I talk about mercy, friends, I'm not talking about overlooking mistakes. I'm not talking about glazing over things that should just not be overlooked. I'm not talking about um, mishandling issues and just 
ignoring, if you will, our culture and our values, our mission, our vision, and the commitments and the responsibilities that befall those who are leaders and those who are on teams. Quite the contrary, mercy looks at all of that and says, I know we're not going to get it right 100% of the time. And those times when we get it wrong, mercy can be applied. Mercy is transformative. Mercy is healing. Mercy inspires the power to change. Mercy inspires growth. Mercy inspires the desire to want to do better. Mercy, mercy is, I love it. It's so powerful. It's supernatural. It's, it's nuclear and its ability to change the heart, to change the spirit, to change a team, to change a culture. When people know that failure is not fatal in your leadership environment, when people know that they can receive mercy, then what you might experience are people taking bigger risks, working harder, being more creative. They're sharing ideas that otherwise they would have kept private because they don't want to be laughed out of the room. They don't want to be mocked. They don't want to be ridiculed. They don't want to be judged. They don't want to be talked down to. Mercy in a culture is so powerful. It pushes creativity to the forefront. It allows for courage and for risk-taking, for innovation, for creativity, for new innovative ideas and innovative ways of thinking. Mercy fuels greater compassion and greater connection. Mercy fuels the idea that you've got my back and I've got your back because we are committed not to relate to each other based upon our failure, but to relate to each other based upon our identity. Come on, friends. Leadership and mercy need to be together. So what if your organization was known for mercy? What kind of employees would you attract? What kind of sales numbers could you meet? What kind of hurting, lost people are going to come and contribute something positively and dynamic to your organization? And what they're going to experience from you is that they actually become a healthier person, a more enjoyable person, a more loving person, a more generous person, a more caring person, someone who's not just interested in the nine to five, punch the clock, get away with the least that I can and contribute the least that I can. But what if you... We're recruiting the kind of people who had fervor and zeal and passion for the kind of things that your team burns for and dreams about. Leadership and the merciful heart, man, is so, so powerful. I love mercy because it cancels the cancel culture. Mercy is what forgiveness tastes like. Mercy is what learning tastes like. Second chances is another way to describe mercy. And friends, I encourage you to consider what does it look like to have mercy as part of your organization. A couple of key ideas, a couple of key thoughts for you in wrapping this up. Number one, be a person of mercy. Be familiar with mercy. And one of the ways you can be familiar with mercy is by remembering your own failure, your own brokenness, your own mess-ups, how your setbacks became setups because of mercy. 
someone extended mercy in your life. I remember that when I was in my 20s. I'm now a 51-year-old leader of a great organization. And when I my team messes up, I don't want to come at them hard and fast with rules and perfectionism. I want to come at them with improved performance. And mercy inspires that improved performance. So be a person who's familiar with mercy, both the receiving of it and the giving of mercy. Secondly, I love this. I did a little study and they uh, looked up on the rabbinical culture of mercy in the ancient nation of Israel in its uh, early days, the biblical days of Israel. And one of the things we learned is that it says that the roads of Israel were marked with signposts that said refuge. It meant that you're coming to a city of refuge or a city of mercy, and that these roads would be wider than regulation, and they would be smoother than normal because they wanted to make the way to the city of mercy unhindered. Is, it, is mercy in your culture unhindered and unfettered, or is it difficult to receive mercy? Is mercy available on the signposts of your language and the signposts of your love and the signposts of your culture? Is mercy a common practice? That when people mess up, they know that when they walk the hallway to to your office, is it the hallway of tears or is it the hallway of mercy? I encourage you, friends, to consider what it means to be a merciful leader. Still have accountability, and you still have moments of growth and confrontation. We're not going to step back from becoming an organization and a leadership culture that pushes the boundaries and grows in health and in vitality and enjoyment and accomplishment, really achieving the markers of success that are relevant for your leadership environment. But friends, be a merciful leader, because happy are the merciful Happy are the merciful, and happy are those who receive mercy. So I encourage you, friends, give this some thought. Give this some attention. Maybe talk it over with your team or your colleagues. What does it look like to have a mercy a mercy value or a mercy aspect to your leadership culture? And it begins in your heart, friends. So I just encourage you to receive mercy and give it away as freely as you have received it leadership and the merciful heart. Hey, thanks for listening today to episode 152 of uh, our little podcast, you know, designed to help us experience the grace of God while living, leading, and overcoming life's challenges. Thank you so much for listening. Please leave a review wherever you may be listening. Leave a rating. That would be so helpful for us to spread the word about this podcast, as well as share this with your friends. Everybody, have a safe week. Stay safe, stay hopeful, and I'll talk to you again next week.